program we've got today here at No Holds Barred. This one is going to be an absolute beauty. We've got Wimbledon results, men's and women's. We're into the business end of the championship and the big guns are dropping like flies. We're going to talk about that. We've got NBA Summer League action. We've got Lons Watch, the Lonza Palooza, Lonza Mania over there, sellout crowds. He's put in a Summer League performance for the ages. We're going to touch on that. Tearing it up is the Lons. And we've got AFL footballs. The Saners and the Bombers. Tonight should be an absolute beauty. We're going to talk about that. Players to watch, what to expect. We've got an action-packed show. And you're going to love it here at No Holds Barred. But we're going to start with the AFL football. St Kilda and Essendon. Friday night under lights. At Etihad Stadium, this one should be a beauty. Now, the Saints find themselves inside the eight in seventh position, and they're a game outside of threatening a top four, a top four spot. Who would have thought that at the start of the year? This St Kilda team is gaining in belief week in, week out, and they're going to be tested tonight against the Bombers, who, you know, looking at Essendon, they've had an inconsistent season, but they've proven that their best footy can beat the best sides in the competition. One thing you are guaranteed tonight with this contest, it's going to be fast. Both teams move the ball. They're all out of tack. They've got, a, they've got a, a list of fleet-footed runners that they spread well. They attack. They've got incredible quickness, and there is no chipping it around and holding onto the ball in this one. It is going to be high-octane offense tonight. So I suggest that if you're viewing here in Australia... Get in front of the TV tonight because this one should be a should be a great contest. You know, what to expect tonight? Look, St Kilda, as I said, have been growing in belief week in, week out. And they've gone to another level. And at the start of the year, you wouldn't have thought that 
they'll be threatening for a top four position, but they are. Their young players are maturing. They're coming together. They're getting plenty of games uh, in their legs, and they're on the cusp of getting into the top four, and it's big news for St Kilda fans and uh, the St Kilda Football Club. Now, the Essendon, they started very well at the start of the year, and then Co- Coach John Worsfold come out and spoke about you know, the players that hit the wall, um, you know, defending his players. Then Essendon bounced back again with some, some solid football. They had a disappointing loss to the Sydney Swans where they really should have closed that one out. They were sensational all night long there in Sydney at the SCG. Lost a thriller and had another disappointing loss there uh, to the Brisbane Lions a couple of weeks ago. But they need to bounce back tonight and they've got an opportunity. And this one, as I said before, the ball movement is going to be electric in this one tonight. It's going to be fast. It's going to be uh, plenty of action. And it's going to be a good spectacle for those that, that tune in. Um, you know, some of the players to watch, Joe Watson won't be playing tonight. He's rested. So that's a big out there for uh, for the Bombers, that leadership and that toughness around the ball. So uh, Worsfold giving uh, giving Job uh, the, the night off to, to rest his body, um, looking to uh, have him fresh for the assault, for the run home, uh, to see if the Bombers can can get some momentum and, and sneak into the uh, into the eight and play some finals. Um, St Kilda, um, as I said, their youngsters are going from strength to strength. Um, Sebi Ross has been sensational. He's gone next level. He's almost an elite midfielder now. Uh, expect Jack Billings to have a big game. Young Jack's been playing some good football out there on the wing. Lee Montagna, he's been uh, he's been dynamic. He he gives you the experience. Uh, and Jackie Stephen, uh, the on baller there for St Kilda, is is arguably their best player. Um, the three-time best and fairest winner. Uh, big loss for St Kilda. Tim Membry. Uh, kick five last week for the, the high-flying uh, full forward for St Kilda. He'll be out. He's suspended. Um, so he'll be taking a uh, he'll be taking a break and, and expect Nick Rewell to be the, the main focal point, of course, um, for the Saints tonight. Uh, I expect St Kilda to get the victory here in this one, but I think Eston, they'll have a red-hot crack. Uh, it'll be high, high, uh, high octane, high pace, plenty of action. And uh, it's going to be a great spectacle tonight here on Friday Night Football. Listen to No Holds Barred. Yeah, it should be a beauty tonight. St Kilda and Essendon, two of the most exciting teams in the comp, I think. Just their style of play. Just all out. All out attack. It's great to watch. Entertainment. Speaking of entertainment, we're going to segue into some action over there in Vegas, NBA Summer League, and plenty of action over there, sellout crowds, plenty of excitement with the young rookies coming into the league, and we're going to talk about Lonza Palooza, Lonz Ball, because he's put in a, a performance that has... Lakers fans and Lakers are the Lakers organization excited and he got the crowd excited there the other night Lonzo Ball Really showed his potential there. He had 36 points 11 dimes eight rebounds five steals and two blocks Yes, it sounds like uh, stands like a, a stat sheet from LeBron James, but it was Lonz Ball there and yes, it is only summer league so of course there's plenty of hype, but Let's keep it in perspective here. Okay, he's playing against a lot of uh, other 
other uh, rookies that are not in his class, that don't have his talent, and a lot of D-League players and European players and players that are just looking to get onto an NBA roster uh, for the upcoming season. But nonetheless, it was the way Lon's ball accumulated his points and his rebounding, uh, the unselfishness, getting everybody involved. Um, you know, he threw one pass there, Tom Brady style, quarterback style, you know, 65, 70 feet on the turn and uh, and hit the other rookie, uh, Kuzma, uh, without breaking stride for the dunk. That was uh, a special pass. So, you know, plenty of highlights there, plenty of excitement, which was great to see uh, Lon's ball um, really perform and turn up and uh, put a show on for the crowd because his first game it was very poor. Uh, bad shooting night, as we know, but since then he's bounced back and gone from strength to strength, which hopefully uh, tells us something a little bit about his character. But it is Summer League. We will put a lid on it, but exciting to see uh, a stat sheet like that and to see some um, some sensational highlights from, uh, from Lons. There was uh, a little bit of controversy there, too. Instead of wearing... Uh, the shoes that uh, the big baller brand shoes that his that his father Lavar is constantly pumping. Apparently, you can get a pair of these uh, big baller brand shoes for four hundred ninety-five dollars. Why you'd want to spend four hundred ninety-five dollars on a pair of shoes is beyond me. Um, but instead of wearing the big baller brand, Lons was seen wearing uh, the purple Nikes, the the purple uh, Kobe Bryant Nike uh, shoes. So um, a lot of questions were asked there, like, okay, why isn't he wearing the big baller brand? Why is he wearing the, the purple Nikes? Um, and uh, it seems to be a little bit of a strategic play um, from the balls. Um, obviously, Nike have, have come out and uh, believe they offered uh, Ball a contract, you know, a five-year deal uh, to wear the Nike sneakers uh, five, five years for $10 million. And uh, they turned that down and said, no, we're just going to wear the, the big baller brand. Um, so a little bit of controversy there. I think the, the, uh, because he was drafted to the Los Angeles Lakers, that, uh, that money will go up. Nike are looking more at uh, a five-year deal valued at $20 million. Um, so now looking at $4 million a year to, to wear the, the, Nike, uh, the Nike shoes. So it be interesting to see where, where that goes from here, whether... You know, where's the big baller brand, or whether he signs that deal with uh, with Nike to wear to wear their brand. So um, overall, it was a it was a sensational show from uh, from Lonzo Ball. Um, great to see he sat out the the previous game against the Kings with the the Arian Fox matchup. He copped a bit of heat about that, but he took that uh, water off a duck's back. He took that on the chin, uh, went out there and put up some some serious numbers and, and entertained, which was absolutely fantastic so great to see there um we're gonna move from summer league action to uh news behind the scenes uh in the new york knicks organization in the front office yes it's to do with carmelo anthony and the houston rockets what have the knicks done now what have the knicks done now you'll hear it next here on no holds barred The New York Knicks, gee whiz. Oh, they're so, just so unorganized. No direction, just diabolical franchise. If, it's, if I'm not talking about the, the Boston Celtics, 
and holding all their draft picks, Danny Ainge. I'm talking about the Knicks. Good grief. The Celtics, Danny Ainge. We've got 25 draft picks. The future looks bright. Oh, that's great, Danny. That's great. What's the product on the court right now? You can't... Draft picks don't amount to wins. As for the Knicks, well, as we know, the New York Knicks have been looking to do a deal with Carmelo Anthony to get him to either Cleveland or Houston, and it's been going on for the last week to 10 days. Talks have been heating up, and fans and uh, players felt that it was only a matter of time before the deal went through. But the Knicks have come out and made a statement. The New York Knicks have come out and said that they're taking all offers and all trade offers off the table with the Houston Rockets, Cleveland Cavaliers, or whoever. But they're the two main teams. They're the two main teams that want Carmelo's services. They're taking the deal off the table because they want to meet with him. They want the front office and Carmelo to meet to talk it over. Now, I couldn't believe what I was hearing when I saw this because what is it that they want to talk about? I mean, do you think Carmelo really wants to sit down with the incompetent front office of the New York Knicks to talk to them about why they want to keep him and why they can't get a deal done? I mean, they just make everything so difficult, the Knicks. Things could be so simple, but they seem to make it as difficult as possible every single time. You know, here's Carmelo thinking he's going to go to Houston. That that was what the deal was going to be a four. There was going to be a four-team deal done, a four-team deal done, and obviously the main piece was Carmelo to go to the Houston Rockets to play with Chris Paul and James Harden. But they haven't been able to get that done. So all of a sudden the Knicks go, well, you know, maybe we can work it out. Maybe we can, uh, we just want to meet with Carmelo just to make sure we're on the same page and, uh, you know, to see if we can, you know, uh, work this out moving forward and keep him here at Madison Square Garden. He doesn't want to be a New York Knick. He wants out. He wants to go to Houston. He wants to go to Cleveland. And here are the Knicks again. Just indecisive, cannot make decisions. It just blows me away that they haven't got the deal done yet. And the last thing that Camelo Anthony wants to do is sit down with the front office after they've been shipping him around, they've been shopping him around, and now they pull back and say, oh, well, let's, let's, um, let's see what other options there are. The New York Knicks are an absolute circus act, and I'm not surprised that this is going on. The bottom line is, Carmelo Anthony doesn't want to be there. He wants to be in Houston to play with Harden and Chris Paul, and he wants out of New York. So I don't think there's anything that the front office can do to convince Carmelo to stay there in New York. He's on the back end of his career. He wants to win games. He's looking to win a title, you would think because he hasn't gotten close to a title up until this point in his career. And he sure as hell ain't going to win one with the New York Knicks. They are the most 
ordinarily run organisation, probably in all of sports, definitely the NBA, definitely the NBA, and their owner, James Dolan, has got absolutely no idea. Just makes bad decisions, too power hungry, too much control, out of his depth. And here we go again. Camelo wants to go to Houston. They can't get it done. Let's come and meet in the front office. Let's talk it over. It just makes me laugh. It's very, very, very funny from the perspective of uh, a neutral fan point perspective. If I'm a New York Knicks fan, I am just, it'd be painful. Absolute pain. I mean, could you imagine being a Knicks Knicks supporter? This is just constant. Just constant pain, constant headaches. And they're at it again. Just bad decisions, front office, bad vision, hiring the wrong people, making the wrong moves constantly, consistently. It's incredible. You know, in a big market team like the, like the New York Knicks, obviously in the biggest market in the world, New York City, everything that they do is magnified. So every mistake that they make is just magnified. And they make a lot. And this is just not being able to get this done and dragging this out again, pulling Carmelo in. Let's, let's, let's meet. Let's have a meeting. Let's talk about how we can figure it out. He doesn't want to figure it out. He wants to go to, to the Houston Rockets and play with Chris Paul and James Harden and win 60 games with a smile on his face and challenge the Golden State Warriors for the Western Conference Championship. But here are the Knicks again, making things difficult. Absolutely no idea. Consistently and persistently making mistakes and setting the standard for the worst run franchise in all of sports. Definitely the NBA. They take unprofessional to a whole new level. And I feel sorry for Camelo Anthony that he's in this situation. But I do see him eventually getting to Houston. It's just going to take a while till the Knicks figure it out. If they ever will. This is no holds barred. Hey, you hit the mall, pop tags, been a few G's in. Hit the runway to a new season. See, it ain't nothing. It's for the one I care for. Feel like I ain't doing enough. That's when I share more. I give you this, give you that. What you need? Still, I ain't impressed because ain't none of them at all. So, the New York Knicks, eh? Jeez. Get organised. On that note, we're going to talk to something more exciting than the New York Knicks. We are getting into the business end of the Wimbledon Championships. And the big players, the big ballers are dropping like flies. Some crazy results over the last couple of days. We're going to start with the men's quarterfinal action and top seed Andy Murray 
He's been gallant throughout the tournament. He's been carrying a niggling hip injury throughout the championships, and it's been quite evident. Those that have been watching would have noticed how Murray was getting around the court in between points, hobbling. Um, definitely not 100%. And his gallant effort and uh, heart has run out because Sam Query bailed him out in five sets, 3-6, 6-4, 6-7-6-1-6-1. So the big-hitting American moved through to the semifinals. And the last two sets there, 6-1-6-1, just goes to show that Murray, he was out of gas tickets. He was uh, he had nothing left in the petrol tank. And he's out. And Query into the semifinals for his best ever result and Grand Slam performance. So the big-hitting American moves into the semi. And he's going to play Marin Cilic. Chilich took care of the Nadal slayer, Jules Muller, in another five-setter. 3-6-7-6-7-5-5-7-6-1, and Muller, he ran out of petrol tickets too. We all know that he went 15-13 in the fifth set with, uh, with the Spanish superstar. So Muller couldn't go the distance there, and big-hitting Marin Chilich, the former U.S. Open champion, is through to the semi and his Wimbledon dream is alive. He's, uh, he's a big hitter. He's in some good form. He's, he snuck through there. He showed some toughness there to get through in five. And he plays Query. So Query versus Chilich in the top half of the draw in, in semi-final number one. And Novak Djokovic, who is down the bottom half of the draw, he's out also. Retired hurt. He was in a... A tight first set with uh, Thomas Burdich. Burdich got the, the tie break, seven points to two. And then a couple of games into the second set, Novak has, uh, has walked to the net and pulled the pin, complaining of uh, an elbow injury. And Burdich moves through to the semifinals. So Murray and Novak going out on the same afternoon. Crazy things going on there. And Burdich through to the semifinals down the bottom half of the draw where he's going to take on the great Roger Federer. Federer's been the most impressive from the middle part of the tournament. He dismantled Grigor Dimitrov in straight sets in the fourth round, and he absolutely put on a world-class performance against Milos Raonic, destroying the Canadian 6-4, 6-2, 7-6. And Federer, he was crisp, he was efficient. He was, he was playing at a level that resembled video game tennis. I mean, he just looked like he was uh, playing on a different level to the big Canadian. He was quicker. He was faster. Uh, he was cleaner off the ground. <clears throat> he never really looked threatened on serve. And the shot making that he displayed in the, in the third set tie break was nothing short of breathtaking. He fell behind about three points to one in the tie break and then reeled off five of the greatest points that you would ever see. There was a display of free-flowing backhands. He hit a running forehand, as I said, on the run, curling it around. Radish was looking for the passing shot up the line, but the, the passing shot was that good. He curled it around and bounced the ball on the line and gave a fist pump, and that just signaled the end for Rayanich. He was, he was out of his depth, and Roger Federer moved into the semifinals where he takes on Burdich, and... It's going to be a hard, hard slog for Burdich to get out of the top of Federer. I think the, the Chilich and Query semi-final 
I give the advantage to Chilich in that one there, but both similar players, they're going to be looking to serve big and dictate with the forehand. But I, I give Chilich uh, the, the favouritism there slightly, just due to his, uh, he's a little bit more balanced. He's got got a little bit more of an all court game. So Chilich goes into that semi final as the favourite, and Roger Federer has got to be clear favourite against Thomas Burdich. He has just been playing outrageous tennis, and he looks healthy. He looks fit. He's he's moving well. He's mentally fresh after taking the clay court season off, and he is absolutely primed to win another Wimbledon championship. And with the remaining players in the draw, it just looks like Federer is uh, a level above and a class above the rest of those guys in the draw. Now, you know, let's not write off Chilich. Uh, let's not write off Query or Burdich. They all have the firepower to, uh, to trouble anyone on their day, including Federer but they're going to have to play absolutely lights out and and uh, maximise their abilities if they're to wrestle this title away from the great Roger Federer. Last night, ladies' semi-finals, and the first semi-final, it was uh, the, Spanish, the Spanish champion Muguruza and Ryberakova. Ryberakova was riding a real tidal wave of momentum, a breakout tournament for her, but she was clearly out of her depth in this one here. The occasion was far too big for her. And she was smashed 6-1, 6-1. And Muguruza moved through to the final in a very, very quick succession. Semi-final number two had the, the hometown, uh, hometown hero, Joanna Conta. And she was playing against uh, Venus Williams, the five-time champion, who found herself in the semi-final. Just sublime form from Venus. She was battling in the, the early parts of the... The tournament, the first couple of rounds, as she was dealing with some off-court issues in terms of a, in regards to a car accident, but Venus Williams last night blew Conta away, six four six two. Now the first set was quite tight, but you just felt like Conta was holding on uh, barely as the match progressed, and Venus Williams is hitting the ball as well as she ever has off the ground. She's got a massive wingspan, um, which is a huge advantage on the grass. She's hitting the ball hard and flat. That's why she's had so much success on the grass. It's her favourite surface. And she loves the court at, at Wimbledon Centre Court like no other one on the planet. And she goes into the final to play Muguruza. And I would have to say, Williams will start favourite in this one here. Just her big match experience, uh, her confidence level. Um, I think it's going to be a tight one, but I've got to give the advantage to Williams when she's in full flight here on centre court at Wimbledon, uh, there's no better side. And she's uh, she's extremely tough when she's serving big and just, you know, taking the ball early, hitting the corners, flat, hard ground strokes. And, and she plays uh, plays defensive. Her defensive skills and her wingspan are as good as anybody out there. Not only that, though, she doesn't she doesn't really play defence on, uh, on the grass. She has such a long wingspan that she's able to, hit the ball with penetration and velocity when she's in a defensive position. She goes all out attack, and if she's on her game, I expect her to get through uh, in a tight contest. So it's been an unbelievable couple of days at Wimbledon. And, you know, the men tonight, uh, it's going to be a special evening. Uh, Query or Chilich are going to move through to their first 
uh, Wimbledon final. And then uh, Federer and Burditch, who I believe are second up on centre court, um, they're going to provide the encore. And um, it, uh, it shapes up to, uh, to be a, a memorable weekend uh, for the Wimbledon Championships. My pick for the title, Roger Federer. How can you not go past Roger? I think he's primed. Uh, he's, he was the favourite from the beginning of the tournament. Murray came in underdone, carrying an injury. Novak, well, hasn't been at his best. And Roger's just been the consistent force. After Nadal, poor strategy from Rafa. Poor tactics cost him. Um, but I don't think Federer will make the same mistake. He'll be all out attack. And I expect him to be lifting uh, another Wimbledon trophy come Sunday. What a show. So much going on. Lonzo Palooza, Lonzo Ball, turning it on. The New York Knicks, absolutely disgraceful. Come to expect that from them. Plenty of Wimbledon and Friday night football tonight. St Kilda versus Eston. It's been a fabulous show. Looking forward to uh, getting back to you on tomorrow's program. We hope everybody's everybody's well. This has been No Holds Barred. Seven times, baby girl, don't stall, man. I wanna kiss you from your temple to your feet, to the dimples in your cheek, to the middle of your G-string. Conversation underneath the sheet, you know me, red bull like an energy, I'm a friend. Baby girl, say she love for sex, say the sound of my deep voice make her wet. You call me 5 a.m. on the dot, now I'm thinking about you with penis, no time. Picture this, you say you're coming over. Thirty minutes later, you was parking a rover. Jumped out the car and I met you at the door. Three seconds in the house, and your panties on the floor. Kiss you in your mouth and your 